0: Welcome to Afternoons With Me. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today. And thanks to the guys. If you're just climbing into your car, guys, you did a great job today. We certainly enjoyed the uh, guy talk and Pastor Tom Brock, Pastor uh, Tom Parrish, and Justin Jepsen. Uh, we were without Dr. Peter Capner this week, but he'll be back next. So look forward to that. Now we've got the amazing and beautiful Queens of the Roundtable, which I'm always excited for as well. This will be our first time in the new year 2020. Ladies, welcome. Oh. Yeah, I've got Rebecca, Rosie, and Angela. This is going to be a great hour. W- so fun. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> what I want to do is start things off uh, by taking a break, and then when I come back, I'd like to reset a question <laughs> from Guy Talk because I'd like a female perspective on it. You guys okay with that? Sounds Love good. It. All right, let's take a break. Be right back.
1: Faith Radio offers a free resource that will ground you in your faith each week. It's the prayer devotional email, and it's easy to receive. Simply sign up at MyFaithRadio.com under the Subscriptions tab. Then you'll be sent a weekly message with words of inspiration and prayer. It's a wonderful way to connect with God and equip you for the week ahead. Once again, just visit MyFaithRadio.com, click on Subscriptions, and sign up. You'll be blessed by the prayer devotional email.
2: Connecting your faith to your life every day.
1: Oh, just it's- Inspirational, and um, you know, just sh- hearing
0: stories of things that I'm going through, and and also to help friends.
2: It's just helped me grow spiritually, and I've been listening to um, this station since growing up as a child, and uh, it's just gotten better and better
1: throughout the years. Thanks for being part of the family of Faith Radio.
0: All right, welcome to the beautiful and amazing queens of the Roundtable. Rebecca, my producer, is the... Uh, you are just sort of the anchor in this lady talk. I've
1: been called worse. You yes. go, girl. And Rosie Broussard and to be Angela
0: Smith. Thank you so much, for ladies, for being here. I would like to uh, reset a question from the last hour. I found this question to be intriguing. Emily asked it, and she, she said, if God cares about the smallest things of our lives... How do we think about his not answering prayers such as, please help my toddler to sleep well tonight or please help my car to start this morning, especially when it feels like you pray 20 times a day and he might answer just one or two?
2: That's such an intriguing question Mm -hmm. because it really captures faith. It captures our idea of who God is. It captures heaven's economy versus earthly wants. You know, who knows? uh, Heaven's economy could be that desire from the Lord in his sovereign nature and his love for you to want you to persevere. Maybe he's teaching you patience. You know, there's so many things and we have our physical wants. Like, I don't want to learn patience right now. I have none. (laughs) Um, Please just make my baby sleep. And so... It's always interesting to try to look from God's perspective on what he's hearing and what he would have for us. I think, Bill, you at break, you said something beautiful about always saying that or remembering that God knows you better than you know yourself.
0: Well, I, I always say God has information about my life that I don't have.
3: Yes. yeah. So
0: his sovereignty is to be trusted and I need to place my trust in him knowing that he knows what I don't.
3: Mm-hmm. And that's so hard to do when you're in the midst of of struggle. When, you know, when your toddler's not sleeping and you're not sleeping and you are not your best self, Mm -hmm. it's hard to trust. Or when you're in a season where you have a lot of loss or just a lot of struggle where you feel like you're putting one foot in front of the other and you are crying out and you are begging and you feel like he's not answering. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: But Sometimes that also means the answers aren't necessarily what we're expecting as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I love that Jesus himself instructs, encourages, and commands us to ask, to ask, to seek, to knock, and that we will receive answers. We will get what we need, that God, who is our good, good father, longs to bless us with good gifts. And yet it seems like we don't get what we ask for a lot. Um, but Angela, you were pointing out that one of the things that we can learn from Jesus prayers is not only that he, he doesn't despise these daily requests. He instructs us to pray for our daily bread, to pray for that forgiveness that we need to pray for these things in our lives. But he also says, not my will, but thy will, your will, God, your will be done. And it's that act of submission that says, I really, really need sleep, Lord. Please, please (laughs) let Timmy sleep tonight, please. But understanding that he will give me the strength to get through if that answer is no, and I'm going to be up for the next, you know, four hours that God will give me the strength to get me through. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes it never hurts to ask the husband, can you please, (laughs) or, or a girlfriend, you know, that you can maybe come alongside you and say, I I just need to nap for two hours. Can you please come here at Mm -hmm. 2.15? And, and, you know, whatever might work. So there are practical helps as well. But, our will, we can express that will to God and he wants us to do that, but also to understand that his will is for our good. Well,
3: and I think understanding too, I mean, the first thing she said is if, if God cares about the small things Mm -hmm. and for sure he does care about the small things, even, even if the answer is no, sometimes he still cares about those things and wants us to come to him in prayer. And this is something that I'm in process I would say now of understanding the value that the, the the prayer is not about the transaction. It's about the relationship Mm -hmm. with God that it's not like Rosie said at the break about him being Santa Claus and I'm going to ask him and he's going to give, but it's, it's having that relationship and crying out to him. I'm just preaching to myself
2: right now. (laughs) That's why it's so funny because when I was in seventh grade, this question reminded me I was in seventh grade, all about junior high, what all that brings. And I would weep in my bed at night, not feeling loved. My mom was starting her um, run with addiction that would last another 40 years. It's a very dark time in my life. And I remember crawling out, crying out to God. I just want to be loved. And I was thinking like friends, boyfriend, all those type Mm -hmm. of things, you know, fast forward to the year 2000, I'm holding my son Alec and I'm I'm rocking him in the middle of the night. And God reminded me of that crying out in prayer. And he said, prayer answered. And I remember thinking, but it wasn't just about that. I had a son Mm -hmm. in my hands. It was about that was the year that he found me and I started a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And when I was rocking my son, Alec, I was praying to him in gratitude. And he reminded me of that prayer of the seven. You know, seventh grade young girl weeping for love. And so I think sometimes he is hearing you and it's, it's coming. The prayer's coming. He heard you the first time and we have to wait for its response.
0: Mm-hmm. And I said in the in guy talk, when you wait, and it's not always easy to wait patiently, are you waiting with expectancy? Mm-hmm. Or are you just not waiting with expectancy? Because if we wait with expectancy, we go, God's going to answer my prayer. might be no, but he's going to answer it.
2: Right. Well, and that's that's the question to ask yourself because I think those are the journeys of faith. You know, Abraham walked in faith and it was accounted to him as righteousness. He never saw the nations of people that were going to come under him. He died with two sons um, to his name. And so, but his faith that God would answer is why he was accounted as righteous
0: i like all right let me talk about uh things like rebecca were you going to say something i was well please go ahead okay i
1: was just going to throw in hebrews 11 which is the definition of faith and so i return to that when you talk about confident expectation Ah, because that's what i think of because the bible defines faith as being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see right and so that is that's the walk of faith, and it's not always fun, but it's the confidence and being certain that God has acted, is acting, will act, and he's going to bring about his glory and our good no matter what, and it it probably won't be what it is we think we need. Um, it's probably going to be a lot better. You know, from the perspective of my toddler doesn't always understand why I do things or why I don't immediately act on what he thinks is the most important thing in the world right then. And sometimes it's not always getting him a cookie right then. Um, not to trivialize the issues that we have, but I, I go back to that perspective all the time that I... I want to act in a way that is good for my child and to provide what he needs and to, you know, give everything that I have for that that outcome. It probably doesn't look like what my toddler wants right now, but he doesn't know the things that I know or what Mm -hmm. I'm doing and what I'm in, in the progress of doing for his life. And I put myself in that toddler position a lot. And and I think sometimes this is what God's doing for me. Yes. And when we keep asking,
3: if he were to keep asking for the cookie and you kept saying no, he would think my mom's never going to give me a cookie. She's never going to give me anything Ever. good. No more cookies, and I that feels that can feel true about God, but it is not true. And I think those are the times that we have to remind ourselves who He is and get how we see Him adjusted mm-hmm. and make sure that you know what what is the what are we measuring who God is against? Is it our experience, or is it His word? And it has to be His word? even when that doesn't feel good.
2: <laughs> well, and I think we have to be honest with ourselves. Are mm-hmm. we trying to control God? Are we trying to say, oh, no, you are in control, but I think this is better, so can you yeah, please answer this? Just sign off on this. Just please. sign off yeah, on yeah, yeah. This. No, So it's about plan. accountability mm-hmm. as well, you know, and just the honesty of really why are you asking, you know, and what are you asking for and what, what where is your expectations coming from?
0: Yeah, that's great. Three syllables, ladies. Solid. You guys are great.
2: We like that you're contributing bill
1: yeah, usually there's so a many
0: women bit. in this
2: room you guys <laughs> and are <it's> solid <laughs>
0: yeah. let me take a break come back more ladies of the round table let us know if you've got a question or an issue you'd like us to talk about um, 877-933-2484 is the text line we'll be right back I'm so glad to have the ladies here of the round table. And we're chatting about anything and everything. Let us know if you've got a topic or an issue you'd like us to talk about. 877 933 2484. And I was thinking the other day about uh, the methods and strategies you ladies might have when it comes to things like encouragement, thankfulness, appreciation. Mm. Are we losing the art of the personal touches and the handwritten notes? I mean, when you look at your most precious keepsakes, don't you have handwritten notes and things yeah. you've had for 30 years?
3: Yeah, we, I have an overflowing shoebox yeah,
2: yeah. Right? of cards and notes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's, it's even um, creeping into our phones and taking so many pictures. I asked my sons the other day, I'm like, do you want just a flash drive of all the photos that we've taken of you? And they both responded, no, we want mm. a photo album. That still is important, even though you have all those photos on your phone. So there's something about uh, a piece that doesn't get lost. Mm -hmm. You know, I still like, I know that I do read my Bible on my phone and I listen to it, you know, audibly when I drive to work, but there's something about opening my Bible. And hearing those pages and crinkling it, that is that personal interaction. I think notes are the same way. A smile, somebody stopping in your office versus sending you a text, the text is okay.
1: Mm-hmm. But when
3: they stop in and go, hey, I just was thinking of you, it's so great. Yeah, I had a loss recently. I had a couple losses actually in my family recently. And someone gave me a sympathy card and she said, oh, I know cards are kind of lame. And I was like, actually, no,
1: this was like opposite. so
3: precious that she took the time to write a card to me and yeah. to put
1: it on my desk. Yours is so coming. I,
2: I have one.
3: No, okay.
1: I'm kidding. <laughs> it wasn't Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it has. I love that it's coming from a motivation because it, it used to be a little bit more um, expected. That well, an obligation. Everyone, everyone was sort of obligated to send mm-hmm. thank you cards within, you know, two to three days. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in my household, I may or may not have broached that as an obligation that I was keeping track of the correspondence when I was a kid. We were instructed to do that. Um, but I think now that it's become less common, it actually means even more. I agree. If you mm-hmm. do that, if you take the time to send a note, it can be an email. You know, if that's the best way to contact that person, that's fine. But just to recognize that they matter as individuals and that you took the time to to thank them for something they said or for something unique. So it's not a pat answer. Um, I know that there are we talk to many, many people on a daily basis because of what we do. Um, and as producers, we we do a lot of scheduling, a lot of emailing and correspondence. But there are a few folks that will send thank you cards after their segments or they'll send a little note that... That, uh, you know, maybe it's just something as simple as I really enjoyed when this happened or when Bill said this and this is so fun. And, and and that sticks with you because it it means that you are you individually and that moment and that interaction mattered. And honestly, I think that's a godly way of approaching our lives. He puts us here for relationship mm-hmm. and for building into one another. And that encouragement that can take place from that, I mean... That that honestly convicts me and encourages me and makes me want to be that type of person to provide that for other people, to see, I see you, you matter, you've made a difference in my life. Even if it was only a five-minute interaction, I can gain something from that. It matters to me that you are here and that I get the blessing of, of being with you and learning from you. I also think this young
3: generation, too, is Missing out on a whole like origami experience <laughs> of writing and passing notes in class because you can just text. Oh, I think I have a box too of notes that are absolute. folded like shirts and, you know, all the little special tux. And the football that as yes. soon as the
2: teacher turned around, that football go yep. right across yep. the room and land on your desk. <laughs> Absolutely. I think to um, not to dismiss the importance of sending a text because that, you know, everybody loves to receive communication for somebody else. However, um, I think because communication is so immediate today that there's something about the effort that makes it special when you get a handwritten note or someone drops something by your front door or stops by your office or whatever it may be, asks you to go for a walk. There's something about the effort because communication is so easy that makes it all of a sudden special.
0: Pastor uh, Adam Weber, who is a pastor in um, Sioux Falls? Yeah, he's pastor of Embrace Church. He sent me a thank you note that he put in an old school typewriter where you hammer out with the keys, Mm -hmm. with the ribbon, and you can't make mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) It's still on my desk because it's like, this is like something I keep. Yeah, this is Mm -hmm. unique. But I'm just wondering about the the lost art of personal touches. And are we Mm -hmm. getting to the point where we're just losing that? Because people want to be validated. They want to be affirmed. They want to be noticed, they want to be loved, cared for.
3: Seen. Seen, Seen. yes. Seen. Yep, when, I you're, see. when you're
0: holding something in your hand that someone typed or hand, wrote with their hand, isn't that like... Well,
3: and had to pay 55 cents right. to mail it to you. Right. Girl, $5 I mean... plus the card. Goodness sakes. Unless you're at the dollar expensive.
2: store, it's like a five fifty present. <laughs> right, right, just yeah. for the card. <laughs> right?
0: But just a note card, you can get you know a dozen mm-hmm. note cards, but with your own personal handwriting in it, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's it's one of those... Things I think we're just kind of losing a little bit.
2: I'm hoping that it's boomeranging back. Oh, good. I'm hoping that people are going, oh, I I miss this. And this feels good. In an example, I have a nephew who was overseas in the Air Force for the last six months. And his birthday was December 8th. And I sent him food. Like, what else do you send somebody that's in the military? (laughs) And he's uh, in his late 20s, early 30s. I'm his godmom, And he sent the most beautiful thank you note. So his mom or his wife isn't telling him to do it. It came a couple days before he got back. And my boys looked at it and they're like, Kyle sent this. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just thank you, Aunt Rosie. That was great. I love the food. It was thoughtful and introspective and all this. And it sat on my table and it was teaching them, Now, you know, Christmas comes and they sat down and wrote their thank you notes so quickly. And I I know it was from Kyle's example. So I feel like maybe things are boomeranging, that people are looking at that, the next generation, and a little hungry. I feel like Gen Zers are more honest with themselves on what they're hungry for.
3: And also to have, so one of the losses I had in my family, um, my aunt, she had written letters to her son and daughter-in-law and her two grandchildren. And for them to have... A letter written to them from her in her hand, Mm -hmm. her handwriting, is so, so special. And I think it's something that becomes like a habit, like anything else that we do, making sure that you have note cards accessible, Mm -hmm. making sure that you've got stamps accessible. Because, you know, you might not even send your bills in anymore. You might do everything online to just have those things accessible. And when you think of someone, just drop them a card. Make all those things, those the items, accessible to you.
0: Mm-hmm. One of my guests years ago, and I won't specifically name her because I, I I should probably get permission to tell this story because it's so personal. But she told it on the air, so I guess I have permission, don't I?
1: <laughs> I would say so.
0: Yeah. What do I know about radio? It's <laughs> I
1: really, out there in a podcast <laughs> somewhere. It's out there
0: somewhere. But she, and I hope I get this right, because I I was in such awe of it mm-hmm. that I probably I'm not remembering it correctly. But she went and bought a large, thick, blank book and wrote the New Testament in her handwriting and gave it to her daughter. Can you imagine a copy of the New Testament in your mom's
2: handwriting? Wow, That's ultimate guilt for my boys. Can you imagine? imagine? Ben and Alec, here's the New Testament. I wrote it out for you. (laughs) Please read it when I'm passed.
0: I mean, but even if you tackled, like, the book of John or something, or you you did a gospel, how powerful would that be to, to have the gospel in your mom or dad's handwriting. Well, did you
2: guys remember um, when George Bush passed away? And uh, one of the eulogy comments was that there are literally thousands of people who had received handwritten notes for him before he was president, after he was president. And he continued. It was just what he did and how important they had several stories of how important those letters were. And they weren't, you know, the typical White House, you know, this mm-hmm. is cleared, um uh, by the communication team, they were personal, and he really impacted. Those were the stories that they told. I mean, they told other presidential stories too, but that was the one that hit me. As I thought, that man wrote thousands of letters to people.
3: When I was a student here at Northwestern, they in the I, what I remember in the bookshop is that they would sell cards, mm-hmm. and we would send cards to each other all the time. And what made me think of it is that we would write out scripture to each other in those oh, cards. Cool. So, I mean if you're on a college campus, if you're somewhere where you have inner office mail, then you don't even need the stamp. Like you just need the note card or a card or a piece of paper, a (laughs) post-it, just (laughs) something. But that handwritten, I do Mm -hmm. think that that
1: makes makes a difference. One of the cool things is that that's something fairly easy to do Um, And it can really make a big difference. Like I would say that has an outsized type of impact on somebody's life, especially because it's not done so much anymore. And if you're someone that feels like, well, you know, I'm not going to make a giant impact for the kingdom. Maybe you're at home with the kids or you've got, you know, you're not out and about as much as you would like to do. That is something that we can do for one other person in our lives. And it will have a huge impact. I know when we were going through everything with Gabriel, I got a lot of of cards and notes from people in the church and folks thinking and praying for us and relatives you know maybe some of that communication fallen behind and that was the time that they chose to to say hey we're thinking about you and i still saved uh, all of those cards and notes because they mean a lot and i don't know how much time it took most of the people to write a note but i know that it made a big impact on me so and and you know god will bring those types of things to mind if you're opening up in and I prayer. Think, I think that's a really important. Who can I touch with, with you, uh, you know, with, with your heart for them. Mm-hmm. Give me a person, give me a someone that I can contact and just let them know. Well, and I think that's, it, we have to have
3: something to write. And so I think we have to be noticing things like it's making me think about for today, for example, I was having trouble with something on my computer and the IT guy went way out of his way to help me. And I said to him, make sure that I get that survey so that I can fill it out for you. But when we note, like calling people out on, mm-hmm. like, busted, you did something really nice and I'm going to call you out on it. <laughs> You're
2: going to be saying that all the
3: time. I, know. I, know. <laughs> I say to Rosie all the time in the office.
0: All right. We got to take a little break. We'll be right back with the beautiful and amazing Queens of the Roundtable. If you have a question or uh, an issue you would like us to chat about, let us know what it is. 877-933-2484. Be back in three minutes. Welcome back to the show. beautiful and amazing queens of the round table are here. Uh, Rebecca and Rosie and Angela. And we're, I really like this topic of of encouragement and noticing people and affirming them. And, and Rosie, you suggested let's let's just move on to the, the bigger point of encouragement.
2: Well, it's so funny because we have such great conversations offline. As soon as the commercial goes, <laughs> we we'll keep on talking. No, so we were... Uh, so, yeah, so Bill, when I was saying that, I thought... Um, back to the hunger of feeling noticed or seen that so many of, well, we have it naturally and it's increasing to grow because of the way we communicate in our world today. So to me, God often stretches me with um, taking the time at the, with the cashier and saying, how are you and meaning it and, and be, listening to their response and listening to their response cuz that person nobody may have talked to her today or she might have come home for a very isolated you know life and come into being a cashier and she isn't going to go home and talk to anybody else she's maybe you know she's maybe really connected in communication electronically but maybe she doesn't have people in her life i mm-hmm. don't know but um going to a neighbor and saying i'm going to walk my dog i was thinking of you do you want to walk with me and even if they can't it's nice to have the invitation and that somebody knew that they were being thought of. I love
0: that. I do too. All right. Uh, our heart, obviously, that's where we store the most important things and sacred things, right? Yes. All right. So it's what you trust and it's what you're living for, what's in your heart, right? Where are you going right. with this, Bill? Everything you your kid. is no. Ja, yeah, Don't push me.
1: <laughs> let me. Let me
0: go at my pace, ladies. All right.
1: <laughs> it's unfolding before. Yes, it unfolding? is. Unfolding? Uh, okay. There's a
0: method to this. All right. Proverbs 15, 13 says, A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. So there's plenty of heartache out there. Mm-hmm. And how do you um, how do you do this when you've got heartache And the Bible says heartache crushes the spirit. How do you get yourself back out of that place?
3: Well, (laughs) I've just been walking that the last month. Um,
0: That's what I thought.
3: Yeah. Uh, So about a month and a half ago, mid-December, we found out that my aunt's cancer was back. And they didn't know what they were going to do. And so there were these next steps that were going to happen. Well, in the meantime, she, she ended up getting worse and worse, ended up in hospice and passing away. And at the same time, my uncle, not her husband, but on the same side of the family, went into hospice and passed away six days later. And I had the opportunity to go down and um, actually be with my aunt in hospice care and be with her. She drew her last breath. And so I, I mean, it was it was crushing. It did. It felt like that. It felt crushing. And you know, it was the end of a decade and the beginning of a new decade and everybody's, what are you going to do this decade and everything's so big and what's your plan and blah, blah, blah. And it, and those are all great things. And if people are having a good beginning of their decade, I am very happy for them. But for me, it felt soul crushing. And I, I, I know that I know that I know that I know that God is in control. And I know that I know that I know that he's with me and I, I do like to have a word every year, and I thought, I need I need hope. I, I had been praying that, that God would give me a word, and I thought, Lord, it's, it's your hope, the hope that you are always with me. And I just kept thinking of the hymn, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' love and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy trust in Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And so it was even though my soul was being crushed, I had to remind myself of what was true, not what felt true, but what was true. But then also let myself grieve and let myself be Mm -hmm. sad and let myself perhaps binge watch some shows on Netflix (laughs) and such. Yeah. (laughs) The Crown or anything like that.
2: Well, and I think Jesus says that in this world. He says, you know, um, I tell you these things because in this world, though, there will Will be be trouble. But take heart a very short verse but take heart i have overcome the world and and then if you look further in scripture he tells us he tells us these things and he gives us his joy so our joy may be complete and it's always pointing back to him i mean sorrow and joy are not mutually exclusive often they're walking hand in hand and he's allows us in his strength to walk through the season mm-hmm. and girlfriends and Netflix and, you know, <laughs> and, and ice cream sometimes or whatever you may need, you know, and it's, but he, he never abandons us. And that's the hope in it.
3: Yeah. And that's what he demonstrated to us because of the hope set before him, he endured the cross. He knew what was going to come. And so to keep, to keep your eyes Keep your eyes on the prize. It's so lame, but you know, to have a—I mean, what we were talking about at the beginning. Like, we have a pinhole vantage point of what's happening. We don't have the view, the 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 wide view, the long, timeless view that God has, and and it's—I think it's important for us to remind ourselves of that. And still, He has all that. And he loves us and he cares about, he does care about the little things. He cares if you're sleep deprived because your toddler won't sleep. Like he's that big and he cares for those small things too. And so we trust in him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: All right. Um, The comparison game. Is that an insult to God?
3: Comparing what?
0: Mm -hmm. Life to others. Your life to others. Your situation to others.
2: Well, I have the tape that my mom used to say, like the tape of my child is going
1: over and over
0: and over in yeah. my head. Uh,
2: and Maybe that's more of a guy thing. No, I think no. it's a girl okay. thing for All sure. Right. But there is there is something about, okay, so I'll just bring you in. My mom would say, she had a lot of mom-isms, if this is the worst thing that ever happened to you, you'll be lucky, don't look at the grass <laughs> on the other side, yours no. is green enough. You know, like a lot of Irish Catholic mother of 10 children isms right Mm -hmm. um but later in her life and when we talked about this one in particular she just said I had trouble with you guys you guys meaning the children you know her kids comparing yourself because I saw the beauty in you Mm -hmm. like I saw how gifted you were I could I couldn't understand why you weren't happy with with what I saw God giving you and you know I sat with it for a little while and I thought yeah that's probably how God feels, <laughs> you know, like he's given us these great things and he finds the creator finds the creation magnificent and it's his un our, unmerited grace towards us, as Paul would say, um... And it probably feels a little bit like a
1: slap. Like, how come you can't see this?
2: Mm. I, just, I just find you beautiful.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's, that point is driven home when we can look at everything else that God makes. We can look at a tree, a flower, a mountain range, the ocean, a beautiful sunset and say, wow, God, you're amazing. And then look in the mirror and say, ick. Mm-hmm. Because well, the same God made both.
3: Right. Or to look at somebody and really encourage somebody about something that they are do or they're gifting. And there have been times where I have stepped back and thought, "Whoa, what? What if I? Whoa, what if I took a look at myself like that?"
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, I don't do that very often.
0: All right, here's a C.S. Lewis quote. Tell me what you think of this. Don't let I your...
1: love it already. Oh, I know you do.
0: <laughs> don't let your happiness depend on something you may lose.
2: Put your arms around mm-hmm. that one. He was really good at writing, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He has so many quotes like this. Mm-hmm. And wrestling. And wrestling, I mean, he's good with yeah. the wrestling. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it, it goes back to earlier, um, I think, gosh, I wish I knew the verse. I think it's John 15, where God says, I tell you these things so that your joy may be complete. Because, uh, you know, Scripture tells us we know, we fade, looks fade, materialism fades. It, you know, people think, oh, I'm so set for retirement stock market can crash that's could fade Mm -hmm. you know and and so if that's making us happy we're not really seeking the Lord and his sacrifice for us I mean that's his love that he died and took all of that upon himself should be the beginning and the end of our joy
3: I also kind of sometimes take issue with like seeking to be happy or like that to be our goal, like when people say, oh, I just want my children to be happy. It's not that I don't want my children to be happy. I I want them to be functioning, contributing people in society Mm -hmm. too. And so sometimes I, and I don't think God wants us to necessarily be unhappy, but I I guess I am more comfortable with chasing joy. Right. But, But maybe what the question is getting at is that the temporal of things, you know, to don't don't count on things that are temporary. But mm-hmm. store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Mm-hmm.
2: It's really hard, though. I mean, because truly, yeah. let's face it warm slippers, <laughs> you know, a, Netflix. Or if you don't have food to eat or right. a house
3: over your head.
2: Right. It, you know, those things do bring comfort, but they can be taken. So it's one of, you know, you hold on to things lightly. Mm-hmm. because really when it's all stripped away, if it is all stripped away, what do you have left?
3: Well, and you comfort, I'm kind of going off on that too, mm-hmm. that we get comfortable. So we're happy. And I think, I think that's what we're seeing a lot now is people are chasing their comfort, they're yeah. chasing their happiness and people aren't willing to be uncomfortable. And I had to pray for years, Lord, let me be comfortable in the uncomfortable. Let me get out of my own comfort and to see, to so. Back to see to really see the people around me and what's happening and and the suffering and and to figure out how to do something about it that's more active instead of selectivism, you know. Oh, I shared that post, so
1: I'm good. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And sometimes we don't appreciate what we have until it's gone. Oh, so true. And so if we're comparing our lives to other people, we're chasing something that we never really had because we think it's going to give us a feeling that we want, because we think that will complete us in some way. And God never, ever tells us any of that. He tells us to be willing to give up everything, but it's for the purpose of following Christ and conforming ourselves to the image of Christ. And he promises that all of these things will be added unto us, but our job is to follow him and to hear his voice and to serve him. And that may mean giving up the things that we have, which by the way, he's given us. Mm -hmm. And so if he calls us to give away what's in our hands right now, that he's blessed us with in order to take up the greater thing that's just ahead, then what we have to do, And I'm not saying I've conquered this by any means, but what we have to do is love the Lord, the master, enough to say, okay, I'm going to give this up because what you've promised me is so much more. And it doesn't matter what you're giving to other people. It doesn't matter that they have the thing that I think that I want that will make me happy, that will make me complete. Why did you give it to them, Lord? It does not matter. Why should it matter? What is that to you? Jesus says, I'm here. It's, it's a very one-on-one kind of thing. Mm-hmm. God doesn't usually call us to look at other people and see, you know, see what I gave them. He, he's, he's here for us individually, and he relates to us individually. And sometimes he calls us to give up certain things, but it's to press on to what's ahead to make us more like Christ, which is worth more than anything that we leave behind. Well, and don't well, and just throw off the things that hinder us. Absolutely, I think those things
2: could hinder us. Sorry, Rosie. No, that's okay. And and don't you think too? Heaven's economy. I, I hear it inside my head all the time. What are what's what's gold to me, Rosie? What's gold mm-hmm. to me? And he says it in Scripture: contentment. So if you're if if gold is contentment to the Lord, you know Paul says, "I have learned to be content in all things." Well, then looking, chasing happiness is <laughs> is the opposite of that, mm-hmm. and looking at other people for what they have is the opposite of that, and so. Sometimes it's just realizing what, what is a value to the Lord. And then I'm so thankful for mercies that are new each day. Mm-hmm. Aren't you, though? Amen. I mean, how many times do we pick up the, you know, pick up the lesson that we just learned and have to relearn it again?
3: Mm-hmm. So I think to answer the question that I don't remember, it's the one we're talking about or the one before, but I think comparison probably really grieves the Lord to see us comparing ourselves to each other instead of encouraging one another or being content like you talked about.
0: All right, let me take a little break. We'll be back with uh, the beautiful and amazing Queens of the Round Table in 90 seconds. Let us know if you have a question or a issue you would like us to chat in the remaining segment we have 877-933-2484. Welcome back to the show. I love it when listeners chime in with interesting remarks. This one just came in talking about giving up comforts. This listener said, I had a new employee hired into my workplace. Today, I was struggling because I needed to make some space for him and a desk. I decided to sacrifice my desk and my window to give it to him because Jesus said it is better to give than to receive. It was so hard to surrender, but I did then, when the employee got there, he decided he would rather have the other desk in the other space. So I received back what I sacrificed. Ha! God just wants us to trust him.
2: <laughs> that that person is bigger than me. I oh. think I would really have the window. Oh, there's no way
0: I'm giving up my window desk.
2: <laughs> I think I would have been like, can I take him to lunch instead? Can I buy him lunch for a month?
0: Yeah. But isn't that uh, it's such loving to be aware, to be present, to be in the moment, to go, I think I can be a I can be a servant right now and and do something kind of radical.
1: And sometimes it takes those moments to un- to unveil the things that we're just a little bit too attached to. Because yeah. Yeah. if you start thinking about, oh, here's a way I could serve this person or here's the way. I, c-, And then that that red flag goes up in our head like, oh, I couldn't possibly give this up or go this far or do that. I'd be willing to do all these other things, but I'm not gonna do that. And and at least for me, that kind of invites me to do a little bit of deeper digging and say, well, why? What's so important about the, the window seat or, you know, this particular type of thing that you really think you have to have, what is more important about that than serving somebody else? And, you know, sometimes dig a little bit into that self-reflection in the window corner office. It, it's so
2: paradoxical of the Christian walk though, isn't it? Because give to others and then also but God wants to give to you. And mm-hmm. so I think going too extreme on either side and we we get in trouble, you know, the everything's going to come my way theology mm-hmm. and sacrifice everything for the benefit of others out of guilt theology. And so it's I, I it's it's got to be a medium in there and it's the prompt of the Holy Spirit that tells yeah. you what you're supposed to be giving mm-hmm. and what's okay to, you know, not have to give up, I think.
3: I think that's so important to make sure that you're, that that, so we're back to the relationship, that yeah. that relationship is clear in that. And and that can feel, especially when you're new to the faith, it can feel difficult to figure out, I think, that voice, God's oh, voice, yeah. and to, to um, what's the word I'm looking for, like differentiate or discern, discern, mm-hmm. thank you, um, that it's his voice. And so like, how do you, how do you know when it's God speaking to you? So that's a really interesting question.
0: (laughs) You're doing great,
2: Angela. (laughs) Angela's just taken over. It's the Angela show. So I love that question because God's taken me on a journey with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I have thought it was God's voice. It sounded like God's voice and certainly it was not. So typically when I feel like I'm hearing from the Lord, I look at the fruit. Mm-hmm. I look at, I, I try to take time and pray about it. I actually ask for the spirit of discernment based on scripture. And if whatever's left remaining after that, um, then I can move forward. If the fruit's good, it's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's some times where I'm like, oh, that, f- if I acted this way because I'm hearing this, that could be disruptive. It could hurt somebody's feelings. Is God asking me to call this person out on that, you know, or, um, You know, so you do, I I feel like you have to wait and pause when you're, when you feel like you're receiving a message, God will sift it in you and for you before you move on if you give him time.
3: Do you feel like that is something that has been honed? Like you can, you can quickly, more quickly discern it now. Absolutely. Because more quickly I go, okay,
2: Lord, can you confirm that in me? Mm. And it's just an immediate response because in all transparency, I've gotten ahead of the Holy Spirit. I thought I've heard... Acted, It was not good, you know. (laughs) And so you only have to do that once or twice in humility and go, I I don't want to do that. I don't want to participate in anything that the enemy would have. I only want to participate with the Holy Spirit and what God would have me do. So you pause Mm -hmm. before you act.
1: Yeah, And I think that's rooted in relationship, which is apparently the word of the day. Um, I was hoping it would be Hugo, but ah. that's something else to look up.
0: <laughs> Only two out of four in the room know what that means.
1: <laughs> but the two that did thought it was hilarious. We thought it was brilliant. Um, it's not how it sounds, I will tell you. Um, the, the concept of knowing God's voice, he says, my sheep hear my voice, and that is built on relationship. You need to know this God in order to be able to follow him. Um, and the will of God will never contradict the Word of God, as well. So that's one of the the ways that we can know and and think. All right, well, I'm I'm I there's this idea or there's this thought that's just come in. How do I parse that out? Where is it coming from? Is it from me? Is it my own will? Is it God's will? And I think taking that to what we know of God and going to Him and digging deeper and deeper into that relationship, you begin to know. More and more quickly, whether or not that is consistent with who God is and what he expects of us uh, and what he's asking for us to do. So a, a lot of that, I think, invites us, in not obligation or guilt, but invites us to go in a little bit deeper to get to know God better. hmm. I think when it just sounds crazy, too, then you know it's the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Walk around the city seven times, blow your trumpets, and those walls are coming down. Exactly, right, right. right. Who would come up with that? Who would come up with
2: And who would do that today? You know, granted, there was an angel involved, you know, that said, do this. (laughs) That does So there was an apparition. However, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes God asks us to do crazy things. And I think when he asks us to do things, he also gives us the strength in the midst of our fears, to walk it out.
3: Right. And you know? I, th- I think somewhere where I've erred in the past is in trying to discern if it was his voice or not, if once I've done it, when it wasn't successful, thinking, oh, that wasn't God's voice. And that because the outcome wasn't what you thought because it wasn't, quote, successful. Okay, Yeah. yeah. Which I think is wrong that it's I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's what to what to discern it on. I no. don't think he's always leading us to things that, are, that look successful, I guess is what I'm I would saying. absolutely
2: say 100% that that's true. Like so yeah. often all I'm doing is opening a door, planting a seed, right. stopping. I can't tell you how many times I've heard him say, just smile. Mm. just make eye contact. And I feel like I, and I discern it first, Lord, is this what you would have me? And if it continues. Because I'm not smile
3: otherwise. Just right. Kidding. Or no, or just because
2: I'm not going to take the time right now, right? you know, or yeah. I'm really busy. Is this really from you kind of thing? And I would say so many times it's to plant a seed. It's, there is a response, but maybe not what I was expecting, <laughs> you know, but a response of some sort. Um, and sometimes he's just asking you to be obedient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember, can I tell the story? Do I have oh, time? Oh, please. Yeah. I remember I was in uh, Target. I had was a new Christian. And um, so the year was 2002. And I had my two-year-old in the cart with me. And I passed a woman. And I heard almost audibly, tell her I love her. And my response was, absolutely not. This is Target. I am not going out of my way like that. This is weird. No. And I instantly felt a grief of the Spirit on my spirit. That's all I can tell you is I instantly felt sad. So I backed up my cart, looked at her, and I'm like, this is going to be really weird. It's more weird for me than it is going to be for you. (laughs) But I passed you, and I felt like I heard the Lord tell me to tell you he really loves you. And she started weeping. And she said, how did you know that that's what I was asking him right now? I'm like, I didn't know, but this is really freaking me out, and I got to go, he loves you? (laughs) Maybe someone else you know. And I left her there crying because I was so freaked out Mm -hmm. by this request from the Lord But all I can say is it was crazy. And I felt when I said no, I felt a grief. I felt a sadness. So I stepped in faith. And if I was wrong, at least I was obedient, you know, so.
3: Which kind of goes back to the prayer thing we talked about that we often when I see God move or like that, that it's like, oh, my gosh, he did it. Right. (laughs) He answered it. I can't believe it.
0: Keep talking because I'm trying to find a scripture verse right now.
1: <laughs> talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, talk talk amongst yourself. Yourself. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think there are guardrails on some of that. Like, I, I know that there's a lot of concern about what if we're wrong? Right. You know, what if what if we're doing something that turns out to be wrong? But like you said, Angela, sometimes acting in, you both said acting in obedience doesn't necessarily look the way you think it might sometimes and there's that old story of a a man, God told a man to push against a boulder and this man pushed and pushed and pushed for years and years and he gets so frustrated so he cries out to God, you know, I have pushed this boulder for 20 years and it hasn't moved an inch and God says back to him in the story, I I never told you to move it, I told Mm -hmm. you to push against it. And and that development of his strength and who he was was that that's kind of the point of the story. Um, not biblical, but it's <laughs> it's just a good reminder, I think, sometimes that success doesn't always look the way we think it will, according to God. And I mean, God will clearly never call us to sin. Again, he's not gonna contradict himself. So if we're having these ideas and it, it's leading us to sin, that's not the that's not God. But I think sometimes he does call us to act on faith in ways that look like we're about to fail.
3: To risk. And there's a risk. And, to, a risk. A risk. A and risk. I'm
1: terrified of risk. So the idea of risking things or going out where it's not safe, super terrifying for me, but it is one of those areas where I believe God is calling me to exercise that faith and trust him because it is outside of what I can accomplish myself. Mm -hmm. And if I never do that, then there's no faith involved. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Well, and I think too, I didn't. No, I I think too, that was a letdown.
0: That's okay. (laughs) It was a note I had written on a page and I couldn't find the page.
3: Take it away, Angela. Yeah. Totally forgot what That's I was That's okay. Going well, to say. Good. Because we're out the of time. About?
0: Yeah. It's okay because we're out of time. Okay. So thank you, ladies, so much. Uh, the beautiful and amazing Queens of the Roundtable, Rebecca, of course, who's here every day, and Rosie and Angela, thank you so much for being on the show. It's really been a lot of fun. And thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting Faith Radio. You are the best. You know that. And I look forward to our time again tomorrow. So just I pray you get a good night's sleep, and when you lay that head on your pillow, know that God's just working out his great plan in your life. Have a great night. I'll see you tomorrow.